0: The Spielman & Hooly We Tackle Life podcast is a service of Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys, a full-service law firm located in Hilliard, handling workman's compensation, Social Security disability, wills and estate planning, personal injury, and employment law. Willis Spangler Starling, available to you online at willisattorneys.com. on this Feelman & Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Um, And then I got back to being myself and I think I bring that up because you know then I go into this uh, you know this this time with my daughter where she has a health you know risk and uh,
1: you know all these all these things going on with her now and I felt I was more prepared to handle that because of going through what I went through with my mother. I said I didn't want to have the same outcome. I didn't want
0: to have the same response to it and uh, I wanted to be a you know a, a rock for my family. I wanted to make sure I was providing the strength and support that they needed. And uh, and you know I became
1: faithful. And you know I think you pull away when things go wrong sometimes. And I went back to that and and really
0: leaned on that because a lot of it is out of our hands. Nick Foligno, Blue Jackets captain, joined us Wednesday. It's Friday, May fifteenth. You know what May fifteenth is significant for Mr. Spoon? What? It's the frost date. Supposedly no more frost after May the 15th. Okay. So I can't wait to get started in my uh, gardening endeavors. <laughs> and uh, hoping uh, we don't get a frost after the frost date like we did a year ago to fry all my apples. I had no apples last year on my apple trees. That's
1: because... one thing I can promise you'll never see me doing. No. Gardening.
0: No. Uh, I will see you doing an interview with Chris Holtman, OSU basketball coach, today at uh, 7.30. Coach That's Holtman good. is kind enough to join us, and you... Are wearing the uh, Bowling Green Falcons up. official hat. I'm Under uh, Armour. Nice. I'm
1: rarely optimistic today.
0: You're. <laughs> you mean you're rarely optimistic, but you're optimistic today. <laughs> yes, Is that what you mean. Okay. I'm rarely optimistic. yes. Good. Well, you know, there's good and bad out there in the in the sports world. Uh, um, I think mostly good. I was well, watching I mean,
1: a Cornwall tournament uh, where they wore a mask. It was live. Great. So I was watching South Korean
0: baseball this morning. You were? Yeah. Mm. Well, so, you are bored if you're watching Cornhole. Not, just, not just baseball, but South Korean baseball, yeah. where you don't know any of the players. Exactly.
1: But uh, Do
0: they have American, couple of broadcasters? American yeah. broadcasters? Yeah. They do. So they, they they're it from doing the, the game in English?
1: Yeah, I think that might be a possibility for myself and our nfl team where we'll actually be in a studio doing a game i think that's a definite possibility i know that the chances of us having a friday meet with coaches and players and going to practice i know that's probably going to be shelved but uh you know why can't you zoom meeting with them uh maybe that's a possibility but it's still it's nothing like getting in person and meeting a guy but uh we'll, we'll figure it out as we go and make adjustments but yeah, I'm, I'm. The gyms are starting to open up soon, and yeah. lots of good things out there. Uh, SEC's coming in June, 1st, baby. June first, baby. Let's go.
0: The SEC presidents say uh, they're going to vote to bring students back to campus on June the first. Lincoln Riley, the Oklahoma coach, said it's uh, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Yeah, well, then and Lincoln then must s- be just uh, stay inside, leaning on the uh, scared side of well, uh, COVID nineteen.
1: Just stay inside. I mean, if you don't want your guys back, then that's your choice and as a head mm-hmm. coach. And just don't bring them back. You do what you got to do. The other teams will do what they have to do. That's freedom. Here's the the other thing about this, and I, I don't think people have talked about this enough. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, I talked to a doctor and maybe I misunderstood that it's a virus. So eventually we are going to get COVID. Yeah. We're all going to get it.
0: And I so think we've lost sight of some of the facts we knew up front, which is everybody's going to get it eventually. It's going yeah. to take a long time for a virus. The recovery rate is ninety-nine, astronomically high, right? And um, that's just that's just the deal. Uh, yeah.
1: And so I mean, that's I think people are, are made a decision to move on, and and if Lincoln doesn't want his players back there because he's concerned for their safety, and that's certainly. Understandable. Then stay home.
2: That's
1: uh, that comes down to that. Either stay home or go out. That's what it comes down to. That's right.
0: That is what it comes down to. We uh, are going to draw four names today for COVID nineteen relief. Your nominations have been coming in, and we appreciate that very much. Got a nomination this morning for someone. They are in the bucket, and so uh, Mr. Spielman, uh, we've lost track of how many weeks we're in. I think we're under ten weeks, or are we at ten weeks? Probably close. I need I need you to figure that out. Yeah, because, we'll uh, figure that out. But, uh, yeah, we're going to draw our names right now. Every name we draw, we'll get $250. And most of the names that we draw are names that uh, people have, you know, the winner is not who will receive the money. They've nominated someone else, which you can nominate yourself or someone else. Uh, Can't read my writing? writing's just awful.
1: Okay. uh, Why are all writers Luke and Catherine Varro for Jessica?
0: Let me lay my eyes on it, and I'll tell you if that's true or not. Luke and Catherine Varro, yes, for Jessica, uh, of Lu- and Jessica works at Lucita's restaurant on the west side of Cleveland. Way to or go. Or at least did work there. I don't know if she may be going back soon. Uh Phil Rothkolb
1: Roth Kolb Roth Justin. Jeff. Let me see. 10 years old.
0: Uh Phil Rothgeb. Yeah, for Justin. Yep. Who has a 10 year old uh I think it says disabled son and a 17-month-old daughter. Sandy Warman. Sandy Warman. Uh for Ian and Michelle, who have four kids. There you go. And finally, Josh. I'll let you tackle that. Josh Dillahunt. Or his brother, Justin, who is an unemployed restaurant worker. There you go. There you go. Congratulations. That's all it takes. Just send us an email, spielmanhoolypodcast at gmail.com. spielmanhoolypodcast at gmail.com, and it can be that easy, and you can get to make a phone call. Hey, I nominated you, and you won $250. Congratulations. Yes, it is that easy. It's also easy to order Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, and they contribute to COVID-19 relief. If you donate your 15% discount, Say I opt out of the discount, donate that to covid nineteen relief Paul Grace Andy will do that. They have done that. We appreciate them very much. Spiels starts today the with their coffee unless his Go minions, ahead. as you say uh get no. to it no, I'm
1: not in the work the minions are the minions are like birds in a nest and open mouths always yeah always always, <laughs> always. Always, it's just give, give, give. That's all I do. Give, give, give. So have you hidden the Hunter's Blend and the
0: uh, and the uh, Breakfast Blend? I couldn't find
1: it because they put things where they want them, not where I have them. Oh my! They put things where it's all time for them to go back to school. Everybody needs to go back. (laughs) I loved having you home. Bye bye, (laughs) all of you. Out. Well, I know we're. They bring their dogs. It's uh, yeah. It's circus time. By the out. way, uh, I'm going Then her gonna, boyfriends come over.
0: Out. <laughs> everybody, out. Uh, I'm going to get to uh, meet one of your uh, Minions dogs soon. She's doing a photo shoot with Flashes of Fun. and yeah, Bringing the dog. She's just... Uh, and bringing the boyfriend. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. He's but, a great guy. You'll like him. I will like him. I have him. I met him. I like him a lot.
1: He'll crush you in golf. I'm sure well, he, he will. Does, it he doesn't, doesn't take much to crush me in golf. If he doesn't beat you and Sherry in golf, ah, he I will no know. longer... Well, if Sherry doesn't be a woman and play from the reds well she is a woman and she <laughs> can't play from the red tees. well i i like to think sherry's a competitor but apparently she's lost you used that to edge. play
0: from the blues and then she had three children and she's like why am i oh, playing from the hey, blues i'll play from guess the reds. what
1: you've had three children too you're the one who gave her the ice well i'm
0: almost a super senior i can move up to the whites <laughs> We Tackle Life Podcast official coffee is Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. They buy it direct from the grower in Thailand, Nicaragua, and Indonesia. Spiels can vouch. He always says it's not bitter. It's better. Oh, it's good. Yeah, great good. coffee. So check them out. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. We've had many listeners say, hey, you're right. It's legit. And uh, they order uh, on a regular routine basis, which we appreciate. i got a big announcement coming next week about another product. That, Excellent. Uh, That's a product I think I can use. I think you will. For my knee pain. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, I want to uh, welcome to the show a new listener. Okay. Or maybe a group of listeners. It's the Atlantic 10 Conference presidents who apparently heard my idea a week or so ago that this is a time for innovation and a time for athletic directors and schools to get their costs under control and maybe look at a new paradigm for college athletics. They are going to condense uh, some of their conference sports – field hockey, volleyball, men's and women's soccer, baseball, softball, women's lacrosse, and play regionally rather than play across the conference. How this would work in the Big Ten, say, your Penn State volleyball team would play, uh, you know, schools in Pennsylvania, Ohio, adjacent states, rather than traveling to Nebraska, which is not really cost-effective for a a sport that does not make revenue Mm -hmm. but rather consumes revenue uh, play regionally, you still have a varsity sport. You're just cutting the cost some. I mean, I think we're we're starting to
1: see that. Unfortunately, I was saddened to see that the University of Akron mm. cut three sports, two yeah. men's sports, men's cross country. Apparently, they don't uh, appreciate they, they have cross no idea country. The, the value of that. Or the, or the value of having a
0: two-time which, state which, champion. Which, what is the investment in men's cross country? It's like <laughs> shoes and shorts. Shoes, shorts, and a singlet. Yeah, that's there can't it. be a sport that has less equipment costs than cross country. And men's golf uh, <laughs> has been
1: cut, and also women's tennis. Women's tennis. And by that cut, they're saving four point four. Million dollars,
0: isn't that crazy that those three sports at Akron cost them 4.3 million dollars? Well,
1: the thing that's disappointing about that is that they are not going to honor the scholarships, yeah, that's a disappointment
0: of those athletes. So. But they're going to give them, they're going to be able to transfer somewhere else and play right now. Yeah, but what if,
1: you, I mean, the thing no, is, what, it. what if not you not don't right. want to transfer? I it's mean, you're great. you know, you're going into your senior year, but hey, you know, that's you know, they're they're cutting costs. I know the Mac, I uh, was talking to Macy, and I think, I don't know if we talked about this the other day or not, but I was talking about the Macy, about the Mac uh, basketball tournaments. Mm-hmm. Their first round is usually played from campus to campus mm-hmm. before they transfer up to uh, yeah. the arena. What's the arena
0: in Cleveland? Uh, Quick and it, Loans. loans, Quick loans? Quick and Loans Arena. Now it's Rocket Mortgage Field. Rocket House, Mortgage
1: think. Field, whatever it is. Uh, now you have to be in the top eight to, yeah. to qualify for that, so... I think no there's, problem
0: with Macy Spielman well, the
1: point. Well, we'll see. I don't know. If she, I think she's playing it too. Oh, okay. but we'll we'll see where she plays. She's. By the way, I'm wearing my bowling green hat because she's coming off the ACL and watched her workout yesterday mm-hmm. and just back to crushing it. Actually, better than she was. I so. can't wait to see her. Um, but anyway, I, I do think uh, it's. Uh, Team Southern Conference uh, was talking about eliminating rounds in their tournaments. So, yeah, you're going to save some money, and it's probably going to be a good thing, and people will adjust and trim their budgets. And mm-hmm. You know, I just don't—the thing I hate more than anything is the loss of opportunity for uh, kids in schools. So I, I, that normally wouldn't get an opportunity, but— I don't. I hate seeing them lose the opportunity to compete at the collegiate level. I mean, I talked about this with your older, with your oldest daughter, Katie, mm-hmm. who's a, going to be a college soccer player. I mean, I'm so excited for her because I know what it's like to play a sport in a college, and it's one of the most rewarding things that you can do as a as a kid if you're an athlete is to play for a university or a college. So it's uh, well, I'm excited for her, but I just don't want to see lost opportunities and. You know, I I'm optimistic because I think people are coming to the realization um, that you know we we're going to live our life. We're going to have to learn to live with a virus. Mm-hmm. We're all going to eventually, sometime throughout our life, get the virus. So we have a choice to make: either you stop living or you start and just exist. And just that's—I don't think people were born to just exist.
0: Yeah, now we're, in life. we're creatures that need relationships and are enriched by relationships, and that's why I favor playing—not cutting sports at all—but but if you have to cut costs, regionalize the sports rather than traveling to the. Hinterlands of your conference and the far outposts. Because if you regionalize the sport, you still get all the intangibles of being on a team. You still get the intangibles of competition and, you know, invested effort and delayed gratification and hard work and overcoming yeah. adversity. You still get all those intangible benefits that serve you in life. I don't think you have to. If you're Penn State, you don't have to play Nebraska to get that. You can get that by playing Duquesne well, or Pittsburgh or something really like good that. Girls volleyball. Yeah, but program. I'm just saying. I'm that's and Penn State's really good. But any kind of you can meet them at the national level. Yeah, I agree. with you that. You know, yeah, I just I agree don't with think that. you need to like bust your hockey team to, you know, Minnesota to play because a, a women's hockey team and a men's hockey team, you're going to lose a crap ton of money. You just are. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they're probably looking at that, and it gives
1: them a reason to cut costs like that and to save money. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm for that. I just wanted to get up and running, and I understand that. Um, I don't know if you have privilege, but you did reach out or talk to somebody from the Ohio High School mm-hmm. Athletic Association. Yeah, I don't, Why don't you update?
0: I, I, I called. I just called someone there who, and I, I don't want to put them in a tough spot because. I called him as a friend just because I was hoping to get some insight into if we're going to play sports in the fall, I could plan. Well, I could sort of steer the I know how to steer conversations over the summer with my daughter. She was all upset when her club director said looks like they're not going to play. And I said, you know, look, if you're not going to play, I just want to know, like, shall I prepare her for that or what eventuality should I prepare her for? And I would just say after talking with that person and talking with some people who cover high school athletics and interacting with people on Twitter, the general consensus is they're going to play. They're they're proceeding. Now, look, I mean, we could get a spike and we could get, you know, all kinds of stuff could happen. They're not committed to that. They didn't make any, I'm not breaking any news here. I'm just saying that was news to them, that like this club director made the point, oh, they're not playing. It might've had, the club director might've had some selfish interests at heart there. I I don't know yeah. the man's intention. Yeah, I don't know either. So it's just you know. Um, well, you know what would
1: happen, and I talked about this. And if they say Ohio's not playing, let's I'm I'm getting in, I'm moving to Indiana, or I'm moving to Tennessee, yeah. or I'm moving down south. I, I uh, went
0: through all those scenarios, and would she be eligible if she moved out of state and moved back in, and all that kind of stuff? I do think the Ohio High School Athletic Association would have to make a blanket. Exception. Let's say sports in Ohio this fall don't happen. You move to Indiana to play, uh, and then the next year you want to move back and you want to play for your high school. Typically, if you move just to play sports somewhere else, they don't. You're need not to know eligible. Why I'm moving. Yeah, you're not eligible. But in that case, I think they'd have so many kids they would have to make them eligible. But yeah, I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll do the right thing. Um, and you know, again, I always say we're four months out, yeah. so let's just wait. See where yeah. we are. Well, you know, second surge.
1: Well, we flatten the curve. Hospitals, they know how to handle it. Yeah, Time to move on.
0: Let's a lot of, go. A lot of questions, no answers, and maybe that's true of you too. If you're a small business owner right now, a lot of questions, a lot of things to do, a lot of fires to put out, a lot of things to attend to, and you're like, holy cow, I don't have time to look into health insurance. I don't have time to look into compliance issues. Well, auiinfo.com is the website. Associated Underwriters Incorporated. They are in Akron and they service the entire state. They service individuals, small businesses. They're a small business themselves. They specialize in those health insurance issues where they'll line you up with health insurance. They'll answer all your questions. They're always available. They check back in with you. They don't just take your money and leave you alone. They stay in touch to help you. Uh, They hold your hand. They shepherd you through the process AUIinfo.com. Chrissy is fantastic. I love talking with her about her heart for people and how she can serve. And that's AUIinfo.com. Look for them online, AUIinfo.com. All right, you ready to put your uh, judicial robe on and judge my uh, tweets? I'm the best judge of you ever, yeah. my friend. Okay. So uh, the other day, <laughs> uh, I was in uh, Cleveland and. I had to purchase some uh, bushes for a rental property, and so I went around, and I was describing, you know, the fact that one store I had to wait in line, and um, so some guy said, you know, was commenting on me going into a store, and I said, he said, boy, you know, you're, I I forget how the, the, but my response tweet was, dude, I live life on the edge. I went to Lowe's and Home Depot in Strongsville yesterday, back-to-back, without washing my hands. And get this, I shook hands with three different guys throughout the day. Mm -hmm. One of them had to be 75 years old. Mm -hmm. Remarkably, he did not drop dead. Well, it's not been 14 days. Scott Berry tweets, I love this tweet, but I want Chris Spielman's opinion of this tweet on Friday's podcast. Did Mm -hmm. I go over the line or not? No, I, 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 I
1: think no, because I, I believe in 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 freedom, and if the if the if your choice is to not wear a mask, then that's your choice. I'm not going to judge you or look at you like you're some type of axe murderer if you don't have a mask on. Um, shaking hands. If the gentleman wants to shake your hand and you're comfortable, he stuck his hand out. Bob, Bob you, stuck
0: his hand out. If and you're I'm comfortable like, okay.
1: shaking his hand, and shake his hand. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. I mean, I understand taking precautions. I don't know if I would have done what you've done, but I'm,
0: it, I'm not judging you for doing what you did. That's who you are. That's well, what you wanted to do. I was at my house. My neighbor, Victor, was standing out in the yard talking to Bob, who's my neighbor to the back. Right. And Victor's like, hey, Bruce, come on over. So I'm like, going over. We're talking. And Bob introduces himself, sticks his hand out. 75-year-old man, I'm not going to, like, hi-hat the guy. I'm not going to, give me your fist or, uh, let's bump elbows. Why? Okay. Well, because I just thought he was a friendly gesture on Bob's part, and I'm going to shake his hand. Okay. So I shook his hand. No, I'm not. And when I went to Home Depot, I stood in line to get in the store. Did you get dirty looks? Six feet back from the person in front of me. I stood on my mark. Mm -hmm. I didn't complain about having to stand in line (laughs) and how ridiculous it is that they'll only allow 100 people in a giant, massive Home Depot store. I did everything I was supposed to do. I did. I followed all the rules. I didn't complain. I didn't have a bad attitude about. Anybody it. anybody give you a dirty look or say anything to you? No. No. No.
1: Everyone's friendly. No, I'm fine with that. I am. I really am. I mean, I'm. I'm. You know, I. I. I get it. I think the, the, thing that I I would be concerned with if you had a cold or a fever or some type of cough or something like that then I think you uh, have enough self-awareness to either stay in or wear a mask or whatever. But, My knee hurts. And yeah. That's all I got. It's the only b- thing good. wrong with me. I mean, I think we're all trying to work around this, but there is a sense of freedom. There's also people out there saying that masks don't work. I mean, you can. it's interesting. When I get into these discussions, somebody will send me... Studies on one side of the argument, then yeah. I'll send him studies on the other side of the argument and we'll send studies on the other side of the argument. My whole point is this. I think we have enough understanding of uh, underlying conditions, secondary underlying conditions and the elderly. I think we have enough of 50 percent of the deaths in this country have been uh, for the elderly. And it's that's very sad. So let's do something and protect those people the best way we can. And when I'm around elderly people, I make sure I definitely, when mm. I've been out, I keep my distance. I don't, if I'm shedding or whatever the term is, I don't want to. You're uh, shedding? Well, you know, I don't want to be a, I don't want, that's what the term is. Spreading. I think. Right. If I'm asymptomatic. Yeah. No, the word, they use the word shed. They do?
0: Okay. Yes. So, I stand corrected. There's, yeah. I, well, which I know you hate. <laughs> Correct it. Um, Do you agree with that? I do. is the thing for me, and I've not seen the numbers. I've not seen this specific number. The reason I'm not afraid, the reason I feel pretty good about my chances and my family's chances, I think if you take out the deaths in nursing homes where old people live in a closed environment, prisons where bad people live in a closed environment, Mm -hmm. bad actors live in a closed environment, And you take out New York City and New York where people live right on top of each other, very Mm -hmm. much unlike Plain City, Ohio, and pretty much everywhere else. Mm -hmm. If you take those deaths out, I think the number of infections and then uh, you divide that into the number of deaths, I think the chances are me surviving this are pretty good.
1: Yeah, over 99 points. And I'm healthy and I'm, you know, right on the
0: cusp of that. Before we get to Chris Holtman, who's joining us at 730, I wanted to run these two quotes past you. Josh Myers, OSU center, Wyatt Davis, OSU right guard yesterday. Josh Myers said, I would do anything to play this season. I don't know what I would do without football, to be honest with you. But with that would come sacrifices, and personally I'm willing to make those sacrifices. So he says he's willing to sign a waiver, he's willing to live in a, you know, sequestered he's willing to do anything Wyatt Davis on playing without fans would it stink not having fans there yes but that would that affect me not playing this season no because I love the game of football I miss being in that competitive type of atmosphere so fans or no fans I want to play so no Blake Snell's there saying
1: I got to get my money Blake Snell I got to get my money.
0: Blake Snell, major league pitcher, says if he's not paid his full salary, he will not play this Good. season. Goodbye, goodbye, Blake. See you I'll later. See ya. It's your choice. Ah. I'm all about the freedom. That's you, right. You, you personal choice. Do it, baby. Do it. Lincoln Riley,
1: you don't want your team there. Don't bring them there. Texas, line them up. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. And look, I, that's the mindset of ninety at least ninety five percent of the college players. At least. At least. At least 95% of the college players. They just want to play. You know, there's things that they'll have to do and make some sacrifices, but they're still going to get to play. I got a feeling that there's going to be college football. Uh, I don't know, even if um, if if people have to wear masks at the game. I saw one chart, and it was a, one of those scientific charts that if – I'm wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask. The me- chances of me transferring the virus to you or you transferring it to me goes down drastically. So maybe you have fans on that participate in a, some type of lottery system or they have to sign a waiver before they go in or whatever the case may be. And but they're get their temperature taken. And they're yeah. And they're sitting. Which is you know, a waste of time. By i the way. four four seats away. I, yeah, I know it's a waste of time, but
0: anyway. Here's, here's a little hint. for Well, I, I don't want to give people hints if they're sick and how to beat the temperature. Take
1: best. Tylenol before, yeah. I, I didn't say that, people. Chris well, I, I mean, that. that's the obvious. I know
0: it is. That's <laughs> why it's silly to take temperatures. No,
1: so, I mean, I think there will be some fan participation. Uh, I'm obviously interested in how it's going to be televised mm-hmm. and who's going to be there and who's not going to be there. I just... um uh, i i right now my feeling is that i'm going to be in a studio in los angeles california or in a studio in charlotte north carolina to do games and that's going to be an adjustment but hey i'm willing to make the adjustment that's fine i'll do that for a year you know although this even though if you have a vaccine the vaccine isn't guaranteed to be a hundred percent so nope. you know life is risk man that's it so I, I put a quote out on twitter the other day i don't know if you saw it but I said, we have to either choose to live in life or just to exist in life. And I am not going to just exist. I can't do this. I can't. I, 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 don't, I don't want to do that. And I'm, I, don't think not, I think most people don't want to do that. And I do think in our country as a whole, mm-hmm. people are getting that mindset more and more.
0: And it's only going to keep growing. My, I don't know. Do you feel that I way? I do feel that way. I also feel like we're a minute late calling Chris Holtman, so we're going to call the Buckeye basketball coach right now. Hello. Hello, Chris. How you doing?
2: Good, Bruce. How you doing?
0: Good. Mr. Spielman is here. Folks. You're uh, on the podcast as of this moment. All that's right?
1: Bruce's late calling, so either in, in the, in the <laughs> pros we would fine him, but you can make him do uh, extra laps.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. We can't fine in college, as, as you guys
0: well know. And I'll run gassers, <laughs> so, okay?
2: That's right. That's right. So, Chris will have something for you, and I'll have something for you
0: Yeah. Oh, believe me, he's always got something for me. He's never never, uh, light on the punishment, for sure. So, uh, you know, the most common question people ask each other all the time that uh, never really has any meaning but has meaning now is, how you doing, Uh, which has taken on a new meaning. Since the pandemic, we start pretty much all our interviews with our guests that way right now. So, how are you doing with your wife and daughter at home and, you know, coping with all the precautions?
2: Yeah, good. uh, Doing well. Thanks for asking, guys. And and great to be with um, both of you. I've really enjoyed uh, um, you guys and and following you guys um, in your conversation. So everything is good in the Holtman house. I think we're uh, we're managing like everybody everybody else to what this looks like and what this is. I think we're all anxious to get back to some level of uh, normalcy, whatever that's going to look like. I don't think it's going to be completely normal for a while, but we're all healthy. We've not been directly impacted by this in any way, which is which has been nice, but we're anxious about what these next few months to half of the year is going to look like.
0: I'm not familiar with the grandparent situation in your family. Um, do you have, does your daughter have both sets of grandparents? And if so, are you guys able to see them?
2: Yeah, she's, she does. And, and, and she's blessed that she does at, at a young age have both grandparents. I think we all know how important that is for, for kids and for grandparents for that matter. So, Yeah, they're both living. As a matter of fact, my daughter is spending a couple days uh, with Lori's parents, my wife's parents, in uh, Upland, Indiana, which is where uh, Taylor University is.
1: Hey, Coach, from a basketball standpoint, and, you know, I understand how important AAU is, excuse me, because, you know, my daughter went through it, and, and, you know, she was a— a fringe between, you know, maybe a Big Ten player, but more of a Mac player, how important the exposure was for her. I mean, how what's the adjustments for recruiting is without the AAU season to evaluate talent?
2: Well, it's really interesting. So so there's no spring recruiting, right? So we had a couple weekends in April where we're typically for a, a, a really a two to three day window. We are wall to wall AAU you know we, we did not have that about critical evaluation time so you know there's been a number of things that that people have speculated does this mean there's going to be more under the radar guys does this mean there's going to be some misevaluations that happens in the future i'm not sure if you if you get outside of your primary guys in each class we've had we have a number of kind of primary guys that we've seen but if for some reason you don't get one or two of those and you move beyond that what you you've missed out on some great evaluation opportunities and that's where a misevaluation could happen.
0: Chris, you know, we on the podcast do our sports talk of course, but we enter a conversation at the end of the podcast more about life issues and the the name of the podcast is We Tackle Life. You know, I'd be curious to know how much you were shaped by living in or uh, growing up in Nicholasville, Kentucky. What how big a town is that? Uh, I assume you grew up a big huge UK basketball fan. Uh probably whetted your appetite to go into the profession that you went into. You played college basketball at Taylor. You know, as you look back, I'm a small-town guy. Chris has talked a lot about uh, his upbringing in Stark County. How much have you been shaped by those experiences growing up?
2: Did, did both of you grow up in small towns?
0: Well, he grew up in Akron, Canton. Well, Maslin, Canton. is so Maslin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. See ball, get yeah, ball, re- Coach. That's yeah. all. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> I grew up in a three-traffic light town, so very small town. Yeah. Two-time state yeah, champion.
2: Know. Thanks. Is that right? Yeah, Bruce is. Two-time <laughs> state
0: champion. Yeah. Cross-country. I knew that would come up. I knew you couldn't resist. <laughs> West That's Liberty Sailor.
2: That's good to know. That is good to know. Um, I didn't know I was talking to a state champion. Yeah, yeah. Two-time
1: state champion, a- Coach. It uh, gets very sensitive country. if you yeah. don't say two-time state champion uh, beside just- it
2: it's hard to get it's hard to get state win state championships so i will next time say two times state champion <laughs> please don't uh, it, it's interesting nicholasville kentucky is right outside of lexington i grew up spent uh, most of my times uh, bruce and chris and growing up was in lexington kentucky which is by no means a metropolis it, but it's a it's a great city it's a it's a one of the larger cities in the state and then we moved to a small town you know when i was growing up we were i had the it was it was kind of a great an interesting thing because when i was growing up we moved schools i went uh seventh grade changed schools and uh for one year my eighth grade year had the decision to go to uh, very much a a city school very much an inner city school or a school that was a little bit more in the suburbs it was a pretty easy decision for me i said i want to go where the best basketball is being played and where I'm going to be challenged at the highest level. So I went to an inner city school in in downtown Lexington. And that was that was a great experience for me. It just so happened that a year later, we moved again to uh, Nicholsville, Kentucky for our high school years, which is a small, very much country rural town for my final uh, few years of high school. I grew up a a big time Kentucky fan. Uh, University of Kentucky was in our blood, went to basketball camps. It's so similar here, and obviously you guys know this so well. Very few towns have I been in that are as similar in a lot of ways in terms of their fervor for a sports team as Kentucky is for Kentucky basketball and in Ohio is for, for football. It's a very similar passion and fervor for those respective sports, and it's really been enjoyable to, to, to live in both.
1: Coach, I was interested in in going uh, playing at Taylor and and if you grew up with a faith, uh, was your faith like most of us as we get older, uh, we tend to try to figure out we know what we believe, but why we believe it, and how does that play a role in your chosen profession or in dealing with young athletes and coaching.
2: Well, it's, it's a great question. I appreciate the question, and um, obviously, I'm familiar um, uh, with with your story of faith, Chris, and it's been uh, inspiring in a lot of ways. I think for me, I, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a in a home of faith uh, that was important to us. Um, you know, we were we had people uh, all the time at our house, and my mom. Uh, um, had people all the time in, in, in our house that were of all different kind of backgrounds and all different kind of faith backgrounds. And um, we did a lot of things to to help out families as we had grew up in very much kind of a lower income, middle income family. And then later as my dad's business began to grow, I, I got a great example from my parents about what it means to be involved and active in the community and, mm-hmm. and give, uh, as a part of your of your faith. and when I decided to go to a university, I went two years to one place. I wanted to go to Taylor University all the time, desperately wanted to go there. and quite honestly, they just did not give and back in that day and still to that to this day, you know, they give partial scholarships right. in some cases. It's basically it's kind of how good you are in, in a lot of ways, you know, you get a certain percentage of money based on how good you are. It was probably a lesson for real life in a lot of ways uh my 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 dad could not afford what the the, the balance of what they were going to give us to, to go to taylor so i was crushed went to another place for two years it just didn't work small school in in kentucky then transferred to taylor university and it was the hardest most challenging best uh years of my life uh, because i played for a hall of fame coach who was extremely demanding and a guy that I really honestly at, at times did not enjoy playing for, um, but uh, became a very close uh, mentor, my, my most significant outside of my father, the most significant man in my life. And he really challenged my faith as a person and then eventually as a as a coach, as I, I worked for him for uh, the start of my coaching career. He challenged uh, me in so many ways. Um, and it has had an impact on how I go about my day to day. And I think for us, if, you know, if you're trying to, to live whatever your faith is, if you're trying to live it authentically, I think that it has to be a part of who you are and what you do on a day to day basis and obviously a big part of your work.
0: I know you uh, mentioned your father-in-law one time. I saw your ta- your Hall of Fame speech at Taylor. Apart from your parents, who do you think shaped your life? Who's the, who's the person that shaped your life the most and why?
2: Well, my my college coach, for sure, you know, he, he was a guy that um, I learned so much about uh, the importance of pursuing just day-to-day excellence from him. He was a guy that coached at Taylor University and then had a chance to go be an assistant, actually, at the University of Kentucky for Joe B. Hall back in the day, and just decided that, in his case, God had called him to be Um, a small college coach Mm -hmm. for he didn't want to chase that path so so I I would I would point to him for sure and he just taught me you know when I got here we talked a lot about what he said to us so many times he used to say stuff like you know hey do today well and I've obviously talked about that with our guys how simple that is and he used to say over and over stuff like hey don't compare yourself to others just do your best and he'd say to us over and over you know as coaches and 20 year olds, we kind of roll our eyes and see, I think I heard that from mom and dad, but it, as you get through it, it has so much relevance. You know, when you think about not comparing yourself to other uh, anyone else, but doing your very best and doing today, well, so simple, but really profound, especially, I think if we could, if we could follow uh, some of those things. So he had a huge influence. Uh, Obviously my parents, uh, my father-in-law did he, my father-in-law had, I, I saw him, uh, do his job at a really high level and, and saw how he went about it. He's, he's a man of, of great faith. So those guys, and then I've obviously had coaching friends in the profession that I go to that challenge me in a lot of ways. Uh, and they're my go-tos whenever, whenever we're struggling.
1: You know what? I think the great thing about a college basketball coach is, and I just noticed this with, with my daughter and, um the relationships with your players because of the amount of players that you have on a team as opposed to a head college football coach, right? I mean, those guys have their relationship, but there's 85 guys. You know, you you guys have 15 guys. And how important the the head coach has to be, I think, in each individual's life and the accessibility that you have because you only have the 15 guys. Is that something that... I'm sure you're aware of, and and how important is that?
2: It's really important. You know, there's obviously a a balance there, but I think it's really important to know who they are as individuals. What you know, what grabs them, what challenges them, what concerns them, what they're anxious about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've told people all the time. You know, you hear coaches say. We need to care about our players almost as it's a means to an end. We need to care about our players so that, you know, when we're challenging them and motivating them, they'll, they'll know we care about them. And to me, it's not a means to an end. You love and you care about your players because that's simply what you're called to do. If the byproduct of that is that they play harder and compete harder, well, that's fine. But but it's simply the, the what we're called to do is care and love our players. and And obviously – that doesn't always mean, I think it often means that you're telling them the truth and you're challenging them and you're giving them real specific perspective on what life looks like beyond the, the bubble of college. That, that's all of those things are what's put in front of us. And if there's not growth and significant growth that happens in our players time in our program here, then, you know, we've failed the greatest challenge for us as coaches
1: you know that's interesting that you say that because how I it's like de- dealing with uh, older kids and when your kids get older, your child gets older. One day, you know the line that I use all the time, Coach, and you you hit on it is I'll tell them, look, I respect yeah. you so much that I'm going to give you the truth, and yeah. the response is what I'm looking for from them. If they get defensive, or if they actually look at me and say, well, let me think about that, with giving them the choice to make the decision on which direction they go. And that's when you see, I think, growth from an athlete and growth from uh, even your own child or in an employee or whatever the case may be, or an, of, uh, an assistant coach you may have.
2: No doubt. It is so critical. The ability to tell the truth, uh, the the courage to tell the truth, and, and the, the courage to receive the truth, maturity to receive the truth, Uh, is critical we know that in any relationships a relationship and it's really critical in uh, in in a relationship like coaching where we're being asked to do things at the highest level and trying to be challenge people and do things at the highest level and to do things that are uncomfortable and hard and difficult and all of that and to fit into a team which at times can be hard and difficult and challenging so yeah the ability to do that and have hard conversations you know i i I've, I've, I've told I've told my daughter, hey, you know as you get older you you know you you'll know you're you're having valuable relationships if you have about one hard conversation a day and if you don't, you know that's probably you're probably not having real authentic re, uh, relationships in your life.
0: I just got one more for you um and that is uh I wonder what's harder. you as a coach losing a game losing a recruit you spend a ton of time recruiting a kid you forge a relationship with him I know that's important to you and a lot of the guys who've committed to you say it's the relationship with you that made the difference for him so losing a game losing a recruit or losing a transfer because a transfer you've walked through that process of getting him to commit to you and playing with him and you've had the experience of mentoring him and coaching him for at least a year so losing a game losing a recruit or losing a transfer
2: yeah, good question. You know, losing a game is temporary, but as every coach probably has told you guys and I, it was it was pr- it's probably the same way in in for players and, and athletes, you know, you the, the losses stick with you so much longer. They sting so much longer
1: <laughs> Agreed. Than, than
2: the wins do. They yeah. just do. Like you just, you know, someone asked me about the most memorable games in our three years here. And what do I immediately think about? I think about, you know, our loss to Penn state yeah, at home. Our it's first awful, year. isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, like we, we could have won the big 10 championship if we'd have not lost to you know, car and Penn state our first year here. And then, you know, last year we had a couple home losses in January that were crushing. I don't think about winning at Purdue when they were third in the country or having the five top 10 wins we had this year. I don't, you know, you don't. So though that's really hard. I, I think, What probably if I said what's hardest, though, is if you have a recruit that you've invested years in, and that's literally in some cases what it boils down to, because there are some recruits that are shorter in in their recruitment, right? It just is. When you recruit a transfer, that's a shorter process. But the young men that you've spent hours and hours on the phone two nights ago, I was on the phone for an hour and a half. Uh, with, with a mom and you do that, you know, do you do that about every five or six days? So if you do that for a year, year and a half, two years, and that ends up, that recruit ends up, uh, going to a different place, uh, that, that stings for a while. That's a gut punch that is hard to, to live with as far. I'd probably put the transfer third in that situation because not, not to say that that's not a painful thing, right. but I think in a lot of ways transfers can prove beneficial in both ways and you know as interesting i corresponded in the last couple of days with Matt Painter we know kind of uh, some of the things that that you know they lost two guys in their top 6 yeah. that were a second away from playing in the final 4 as sophomores and had you know pretty good junior years they left they left their last year I'm sure he looks at that and says, well, that's a difficult thing. He also realizes that uh, that's part of college basketball now. And I think you also, he probably looks at it as he actually has said publicly, feels like in a lot of ways it'll help their program moving forward. So uh, I think that that the recruit that you invest in and spend years, year and a half year developing relationship, if you lose that one, that's a gut punch you feel for a long time.
1: I think it's interesting uh, how you have to, because of the age of college basketball with a transfer portal, this football too is, it's a whole new element to the game than it was yeah. to 10 years ago. Uh, I have to thank you for one thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a good listener. I love basketball. I don't know if uh, I know Bruce loves basketball. I, I played it in high school, but I enjoy the game. I think it's the f- best game in the world to watch. And, so i always listen i listen to your press conferences i watch the games i listen to the announcers and there was a time during the season where luther muhammad was struggling with his shot and i was watching the buckeyes play and the announcer said that coach holtman told luther i don't know if you remember this or not but uh start using your legs again or use your legs more and he shot the ball really well that night. I think it was that game where he's just coming out of a slump. I don't know. Or maybe it was. Maryland. Just, yeah, Maryland. Maryland. And, yeah. you know, my daughter's coming off of a, an ACL and we're mm. shooting in the driveway. And I said, listen, and she follows basketball and she knows obviously who you are and who Luther Muhammad is. And I said, coach Holtman said when Luther was struggling with sh- shot, just use your legs, you know, just get a little bit more knee bend. And, you know, obviously the shot has a little bit more, arc in a better angle. And I got to tell you, man, you made me feel like a genius. So I do, <laughs> I, I I do listen. That's dangerous. And, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. As we all know, but I, I think it's, um, um, just the, those little coaching points. And, um, I know that I appreciate your candidness in talking with us today and in, in the, in the press conference, I think it's, uh, it helps me and it, it helped me pass some fatherly knowledge. Uh, on to my daughter how? about basketball. I know, I mean, you know, how's she my, doing? She's she's how actually. She I was just telling Bruce today that she was uh, she's about nine and a half months out, and she's starting to play two on two, and actually looks better than she did uh, when she uh, was uh, before she was injured. But it's it's interesting to to note how much, and you've seen this, I bet, throughout your whole career with guys coming back from injuries. How much of it is a confidence thing, right? Once they take a first, you know, uh, contested layup, and you know I'm out there and I'm beating the heck out of her. <laughs> I'm mean, yeah. She's going up, and I'm I'm, sure. I'm elbowing her right, and I, no mercy for me. I'm elbowing her in the hip, and you know I just want to see, but I want to see how she mentally responds. You know, I want to see if yeah. she's uh, getting shaken or she gets that little competitive fire. All right, here we go, and so it's just amazing to me. Uh, watching this process of the the, it's how much of it is mental coming back from an injury like that, and I'm sure if you've it witnessed really that is. your whole career.
2: Definitely with that injury, I think definitely with any type of lower extremity injury and knee injury. Yeah, it takes. Yeah, it it is that, and it's just what you said. You know, once a few live action games where she's playing two on two or three on three or five on five, and yeah she gets bumped and falls or whatever the case may be. Uh, it, it'll take a few of those times and, and she'll probably be back right at it. But that's, that is for sure a confidence uh, thing with that injury.
1: All right, coach. Hey, we appreciate uh, your openness and willingness to just come on and talk a little bit about life. It, uh, it was awesome. in I'll keep listening for the coaching tips. So if you keep, or or get a hold of Bruce or get a hold of me if you have any coaching tips, because uh, uh, I am her coach now, and I think she's anxious to get back to BG as soon as possible. I'm sure she (laughs) is. I I, had
2: a Zoom call with my parents the other day, last week, and I said to them, "I said, hey guys, we're we're you know they were asking me about uh, you know when when's the return going to happen." I said um i said to him hey i know you guys are probably anxious and you should have seen the reaction to the parents on the zoom call <laughs> i said you're anxious to get your sons out of the basement like it was like overwhelming <laughs> let us know when they can go back to school
1: isn't know? that amazing though uh the relationship i mean that's why i asked you about the relationships between um players and coaches in basketball because i, I don't know yeah. if you've ever met coach freilich or robin freilich up at but just I'm just watching them cultivate these relationships and how crucial it is and and right there is a professionalism and and a little bit of a wall there but still the the beauty of basketball to me has always been that relationship between coaches and players and
2: especially the head
1: coach it's just uh, it's a special it's a special responsibility that you have and, and a gift that you have that you've been given in my opinion that you can really impact young people at, at from your position. I'm not saying Ryan Day can't do that, but your position it makes it more suitable for you to be able to do that, which is really cool.
0: So no that's question. just my, uh, no question. my experience. No question. This Chris, exactly thanks so great. much for your time this morning. We appreciate it very much.
2: My pleasure, guys. Great to be with you. Have right. a great weekend. Take All care, right. Coach. We'll
0: talk soon. Thanks. See you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. There you go. Chris Holtman. Nice to have you're, him on I'll the show. I'll tell you, you're connected in this world, man. Mm. I don't Ooh, know. Who's about next that. week? Uh not firmed up yet, but are you working on something? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. What,
1: what type of guest?
0: Um football related. Oh. Browns? Bengals can give a hint? Um Buckeyes? No <laughs> hints. College related. Okay. College related. Are, we, interesting. are you
1: in a hurry today or no?
0: All right. Not All right. a bit. Okay. While I'm sitting here and we're talking with Coach Holtman, I refresh Twitter and here are the first two tweets. One is from uh, a gentleman by the name of Todd Gongwer, who's a leadership guy that I follow. He wrote, Lead for God's Sake. Mm-hmm. I like that title, by the way. He said, The opportunity to lead, to influence others, comes with a great responsibility that should flow from a genuine love of others rather than a desire to serve yourself. This is the essence of elite leadership. Walk humbly with a why- that is more about others than self, which that's the set. That's the essence of the conversation we just had. Yeah. And then the other one is from Tim Tebow. You might've heard of him. He says, one of the greatest temptations is worrying instead of praying, pray, trust God and take action, take action. Worrying won't change anything. When you're able to shift your perspective to see what's possible, you have a greater chance of having a positive outcome. Yeah. Yes. I follow Tebow. So do I. Why wouldn't you? The difference is. You probably have Tebow's number in your phone. No, I don't. Oh, because I was going to try to surreptitiously I, obtain it I don't, so we could get him on the podcast. He's not a very good. In,
1: he's not a very good interview. To be honest with you, uh, I mean, you know, you're you're a good interviewer. So I you think might he be. would. I uh, think he would be right in our wheelhouse for that I'm saying, yeah. I, I'm I'm just saying, I I can answer what he's going to answer. I mean, if you ever watch him interviewed, it's like reading off a script.
0: I don't know about that. I've seen some of his speeches. They're pretty
1: good. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just telling you. I know what the answer is. Well, I mean, we all know what Tebow stands for, so So, uh, he's not going to surprise us. Right. But, I mean, I think it's more, for me anyway, it's more interesting. Okay, here's Chris Holtman. Yep. All right, his faith uh, molded him growing up. He takes that into his coaching profession. Yep. There's Nick Foligno, captain of the Blue Jackets. Mm -hmm. Like, we never hear about... Well, in the other face side of a, not, a hockey player. No, especially a hockey player, right? Yeah. It's that was under, a great c- question by you, by the way. It's uh, under certain- I didn't put that together, but that was a great question by you. Well, that's because I've had conversations with um, relationships with hockey players, and yeah. I'm saying, well, what what's the deal? I mean, why? Why is it not embraced like it is in other sports? I thought his
0: answer was great. It's, you know, you were... There was a contention that, oh, that makes you soft.
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't make you soft. It makes you tough. No. Toughens you up. Definitely. Uh, What would you like to share on the faith side today, sir? Okay. Well, I, 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 Tebow's tweet. Apparently I'm out of here. Well, no, Tebow's tweet meant a lot to me because I'm right now in that cycle. I'm not worried. I'm I'm concerned. I'm curious. Like, what's next, Lord? What's next? I'm a, I'm sort of like a mixture of excited, curious, and as you said, concerned. Yeah. What? But what are you? What are you?
1: You concerned I about know others? About my,
0: yeah, I'm concerned uh, about providing. I'm concerned about providing. Okay. Concerned about where to invest my time, where to invest my treasure, where to invest. You know. I know where to invest my time, first of all, first and foremost, in the mornings where I've been investing it for 15 well, minutes. Well, I
1: told you what you should do, but you're not
0: listening to me. Apparently not, because I don't remember what you told I me. Told I told you do. you should
1: um, be a pastor.
0: <laughs> I'm so, a speaker, not a pastor. That's not true. Pastors require require what? much more empathy and much more patience than I have.
1: I think you're putting limits on yourself. Oh, okay. No, I do. I really think that you have a gift
0: I and would agree that I I think and hope I have a gift as a speaker.
1: I have not heard you speak uh, professionally no, so I not. don't know. I mean I'm sure you're good. I have my I'm uh, all the confidence I need, I in the world. I need I need reps. I but I do think that you would be a good pastor of a church. And
0: my uncle my cousin you should go online to... and get your Pastors
1: ordained. <laughs> I
0: okay, don't feel. Well, I, I I appreciate that. I don't feel that calling, and it okay. has to be a calling. Yeah. I don't feel that calling. It's not like, hey, I need a job. I'll become a pastor. That's that's got to be the lousiest pastor ever. It's got to be a calling, and okay. I don't have the calling.
1: What do you want to do?
0: I want to speak.
1: That's hard to make a living. It in is speaking. Speak. It is.
0: I want to write. I think I want. I want. You know what? I, I want to help. I want to help. Call men to action. That's what I want to do. So whatever job fits that, and, and you know, if I can, uh, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm waiting. As I said, I'm praying for the big idea. I think you'd be
1: an excellent teacher, professor
0: at a university. I've tried that route. Don't have a master's. Won't even look at you. Go get your master's. 30 years experience in the field makes no difference to some of these schools, even Christian schools that want to. Looking for journalism professors.
1: I don't understand that.
0: I don't either. Because I've been told 30 years in the business is the equivalent of a master's, and I would argue it's the equivalent of a Ph.D. Yeah. But the place I tried, nah. Not
1: interested, huh? And
0: I know a guy on the board. I know a guy. And you need a master's. Got to
1: have a master's. Won't even look at you. How long would it take you to get a master's? Two years. No. Yeah, probably two years. Why would it take two years to get a master's? I'm a slow learner. My, my daughter-in-law is going to get a nursing degree in a, in 16 months
0: on an accelerated program. If I, I, I want to make sure I feel called to do whatever I do next. And that could be working for a company, being a representative of a company. You can I serve. You. you can serve, like, as a marketer. You can serve as a salesperson. You can serve... Yeah, everything you do, you know what's Colossians three twenty three. Everything you do, do it is under the Lord. So I'm not saying it has to be speaking. I'd love to advocate you would, for a company I believe in.
1: I think you could be a, would be a great salesperson. If I were I think I would somebody be that was selling something, you'd be the first guy that I would hire. As if a I believed salesperson. in your
0: product, I couldn't lie. I'd have to really no. believe in the product. No, I'd I'd I mean, have to believe in the leadership, believe I, in the company. I
1: think you need to to look at at that avenue. I I really I do because I think avenue. you can make. A substantial amount of money that would alleviate—not that you're looking to become a billionaire—but no, I think not. what you're looking to alleviate some pressure, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, from zero. Yeah. I'm looking to climb from zero. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, that shouldn't be hard. <laughs> so I—I I think that, um, I, I'm gonna think about something regarding that, but. I think from your perspective, if I were a company and I needed somebody to to sell, then I would hire you because I know what your work ethic is. And I know that if you believe in a product, that you could sell it. I mean, you sold
0: this thing, this this
1: podcast, remarkably. So you sold it.
0: Well, I mean, we're doing well for Hemisphere and AUI and Willis Attorneys. And uh, I did really well in radio with the people that I represented because I never took anybody I didn't believe in.
2: But well, you don't, you don't uh, between... I'm coming out
1: with with something next week that um, hopefully that I have been uh, experimenting with and having success. With. So then
0: you can. Uh, I don't want to Honestly it and authentically. Well, oh, I won't do for it. it. Like
1: yeah, if you course. go to my house, you'll see four Mazdas for the kids, yeah. not me. But Mazda's in the driveway.
0: You'll see one um, in my driveway, by the way. Yeah
1: so they're great cars and and because of, of um buyers mazda dublin subaru mark so i i you know I, any product that we stand by like i i if i didn't like hemisphere coffee you like you i would wouldn't, never i would
0: never even
1: ask no i would it. i wouldn't mind i know no here's the difference between you and i for hemisphere coffee like if you would do all the reads but i wouldn't say hey i wouldn't say i liked it Mm -hmm. i mean i would say nothing right because there's things over our career that we've advertised that the radio shows advertised that if i didn't like the product or didn't believe in the product you know me i wouldn't Mm -hmm. say a word about it i just would sit there yeah and not say anything that's right and i have i'm sure i trust your judgment on our lawyer group and i trust your judgment on aiu what's the
0: lawyer group? aui
1: aui and what's willis
0: the... spangler starling w-
1: willis spangler and so Star... i trust your judgment on that so that's just me trusting you that mm-hmm. hey these are good folks and they're not out to hurt anybody or be sinister in any way but anyway right. Right. you know
0: what i do when i get worried uh when i when i'm tempted to get worried because is right worry is a temptation sure it is I I sit and I think about all the people that I know who are meaningful in my life and who strengthened me and encouraged me and inspired me in the last year and a half who I didn't even know before I lost my job at The Zone. Mm -hmm. I look at it and I'm like, well, you can't possibly think that God isn't watching out for you and blessing you when he's brought all these great people into your life since that adversity hit you, look at what he's doing. He's clearly Bruce building a foundation under you for something to come. So that's what I do when I get concerned: is I try to reflect on my blessings. And for me, the biggest blessings in my life are my relationships, new relationships, and relationships with people that have gotten stronger since mm-hmm. I was called into the meeting and got ah, more fold in the station. My relationship with you is stronger. I've known you for, I don't know, 20 years, but our relationship, unquestionably stronger in the last year. My relationship with my wife and daughter is stronger in the last year and a half. So those are what I look at, and that's what I would tell people is, when you get worried, and a lot of you're in the same situation as me, you're unemployed, you're having trouble getting your unemployment, or you can't get unemployment like I can't, think about, okay, what's good? And that's really my filter for any trouble that I encounter is, All right, what do I know that's true? What do I know that's true? What's God's truth in my life? And how do I see it manifested? And that takes all the concern away. You're a good man.
1: You have a lot of qualities to offer. You're very talented, and you usually succeed at anything you put your mind to. That's your history. Which leads to the verse that I had for you today. Okay. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Proverbs twelve twenty five. Excellent. And that's true.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know? I mean, a, a, an anxious heart is another word for anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right? And I've struggled with that. And I mean, I struggle with that for probably 15 years or more in my life mm-hmm. of always being anxious or always looking um, for something negative to hit, just just how I lived, right? Mm-hmm. And probably for the last only the probably the only last three years have I been having that genuine peace. And why I've had mostly, for the most part, for this uh, pandemic that we've all endured, mm-hmm. I've had a genuine peace about it. Yeah, and my heart hurts for the. 36 million people unemployed and that's why i'm such a turned into a proponent of okay we've got to not self-inflict wounds yeah. here we got at least fight back you just can't stop you can't you just got to at least fight back and take some risk understanding that some people are going to get sick and yes we'll lose some people but we can't stop living just can't I, I just can't get my mind around not doing something not taking throwing the first punch does that make yes, sense
0: to you absolutely that's been your that is a I, a mindset that I think has been constant throughout your life that absolutely has
1: been as long as I know and that we know so much more and we know that there's some risk and yes there's going to be unfairness happening. Whether it be somebody getting sick that we wish didn't get sick, or somebody uh, passing away that we wish wouldn't pass away, but we can't stop fighting and, and at least having some say in this. I can't fathom the other thought process on that. I, I, I'm i trying to. I'm trying to be understanding, but I, I just don't. I, I, I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can't.
0: Well, you don't have the perspective that the people who are extremely fearful have, uh, because you have a different paradigm and a different prism through which you live your life. I'm not saying. I mean, much, I believe uh, yeah. I believe it's a much better way. I'm not trying to criticize any anyone else's way. You know how people, anybody who listens to this podcast knows how passionate we are about making that decision for Jesus Christ in your life. Right. But that's your prism, and so sometimes, like I've gotten to the point where with some people on Twitter, I just end the conversation. No, there's nothing because to... I'm like, we are never going to walk hand in hand because we're walking two different bridges. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just, we're just there's... walking two different bridges, man. Your perspective is totally different to mine. Yeah,
1: and 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 I'm not saying that you know right or wrong, whatever. I just can't see that. It's and it even goes back to the to the Lincoln Riley thing we talked about. Yeah, man, where you had Mike Gundy saying, "Bring him here, we can watch him. Get him, him, him here, we'll watch him." Yeah. And or Lincoln Riley, oh, this is crazy. What are we doing? Yeah. You know, I and well then, you choose to, you know, stay at home and keep the players at home, Lincoln. That's fine. That's your choice. You're the head coach of Oklahoma. If you want to do that, fine. Gundy, bring him in. Then that's his choice. That's walking two different bridges, as you said.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, we've enjoyed being with you today. We had Chris Holtman on. We hope you enjoyed that interview. We hope you'll follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is at We Tackle. Uh, we'll be back again on uh, Monday with another edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. We hope you will uh, patronize our sponsors, Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys in Hilliard, a great law firm. If you need a full service law firm, it's a great time in your life to get. That kind of representation that can handle any issues that you have. Auiinfo.com. If you're a small business and you're ramping back up and you have questions, you need somebody who you can have a, as a go-to on all things compliance-related and particularly health insurance-related. They're health insurance brokers. It won't cost you a dime more. They service the entire state of Ohio. They can help you if you're an individual as well. Answer your questions. Give them a call. Auiinfo.com. Easiest way to reach them on the web and Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Great to be with you today, Mr. Spielman. Thanks for coming out to the Hinterlands. I like that hat. My brother's a BG alum. he oh, uh, is? He, uh... Palons yeah, up. i would like to have that hat. So would I. It's sharp. They're Under Armour, huh? Uh, no.
1: I just bought this hat.
0: Well, it's got an Under Armour logo on it.
1: Well... That doesn't mean. That maybe, doesn't maybe mean.
0: Under, maybe they were unarmed. I under figure under they, under. they couldn't do that unless they were licensed. Anyway, we'll solve that mystery on Monday. Everybody have everybody have a great weekend. <laughs> and for the two time state champion, Bruce Hooley, uh, this thanks is Chris for bringing Spielberg. that up. To, so, to, Coach Holtman
1: was, uh, I. He insulted you by only calling you a one time state champion. Yeah. I corrected him. Yeah. I
0: hope you appreciate that. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say it. it congrats really, to our four winners. Doesn't person. really count. It was only cross country. Yes, congratulations to Josh <laughs> Dillahunt, Sandy Warman, Phil Roth Gavin, Luke, and Katherine Varro. Two times state. You'll be hearing from all uh you'll be hearing from uh our official money distributor very soon, as soon as I get her the emails. Everybody have a great weekend. Talk to you soon, bye.